0: Greetings. This is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a a biblical biblical context. context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host. Thomas A. Deloge, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about sharing faith and helping people. Yes, sharing faith and helping people. This is a teaching podcast, so I want you to go and grab your Bibles and something to write with and take some copious notes as I believe I have some important things to help you to begin to share your faith and help people if that's something you desire to do. Now, one of the things that I realize, being a pastor, understanding certain dynamics of faith and evangelism, that from the people that are a part of my ministry and church, they have a difficulty talking about their faith. They don't like rejection. They don't know how to start the conversation. They don't know how to begin to maybe share a scripture or a prayer. Just really afraid to kind of move forward in those things. But on the flip side, they don't seem to have an issue sharing about a basketball game, football game, where the latest tennis shoes are the greatest restaurants to eat etc 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 so there's got to be some kind of mental thing going on in their mind or something that could be happening where they're more comfortable talking about secular things but not as strong as talking about things concerning the things of God. And so we got to understand that if we're going to reach anybody for Jesus Christ, we have to be good at sharing our faith. And the reality is with whoever you're going to share your faith with, I think we need to understand and get this pretty much under control that you're not trying to convince somebody with a bunch of Bible verses. If you can talk about where the latest shoes are, you can talk about things regarding faith and what God has done for you. And you can start right there. I think in our minds, we think that we need to be a theologian, some type of Bible scholar before we can share our faith. And if we can never get there, then we're not good enough to share our faith like a pastor or a preacher or a minister can do. But that's far from the problem. And as spiritual leaders and practitioners whose job is to think about matters of faith, it's easy to imagine everyone regularly doing the same, says Roxanne Stone, who is the editor-in-chief at the Barna Group. This is what she says. She says, after all, aren't these the big questions of light? Don't these topics matter more than anything else? Well, the truth is most Christians are busy with other things, the day-to-day things of life, jobs, kids, budget, sports, weather, and what's premiering on Netflix this week. Now, is any of this bad? No. But the unfortunate reality, says Stone, is that most adults don't seem to be able to connect their everyday experiences with their faith. And I want to add that is true, or at least they're just not talking about it like they should. So Stone goes on to say, What's happening here? Why are Christians so reluctant to talk about their faith? The overarching cultural trends of secularism, relativism, pluralism, and the digital age are contributing to a society that is less interested in religion altogether. And it has marginalized the place of spirituality in everyday life, says Stone. And so as a result, Christians in America today have to live in a tenuous world between Jesus' commands to tell others about the good news and the growing cultural taboos and different things that are going on at the core part of Christianity for its origination. And many practicing Christians believe it is essential for the salvation of their listeners. So followers of Christ have something essential and meaningful to share with their families, neighbors, friends, and those that they come into contact with, Concludes Stone. As pastors and leaders, we must invest the resources of our church towards coming alongside fellow believers and empowering them with confidence to talk about their faith despite the obvious barriers. We ought to help Christians to begin to make the connection between their everyday life, ordinary things, their sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and the faith that sustains them, concludes Stone. I do agree with some things that she says here, because I think, again, one of the things that I got from this article is that I don't think we're able to connect the dots properly with our everyday life and how faith in Christ is helping us to navigate the different things that we go through. So it's probably safe to say if a Christian people or Christian folks are having problems with sharing their faith and they're probably having problems doing good for others, too. So if you don't know how to share your faith, you're not sharing your faith, it might be a difficult thing for you to even step out and help somebody. So we just got to get rid of the fear. So part of the problem, as I see it, is how do I help others see their need for Christ when there's so many problems in the world? You know this. We wake up to problems. When I woke up this morning, I woke up to some problems. I woke up to some challenges. I woke up to some things that I didn't go to bed with. Life presents problems, challenges, things that you have to overcome. And we know that we have the overcomer living on the inside of us which is Jesus but I don't think we're always aware of his presence we've got to be aware of Christ he lives inside yes he's in the heavens but he lives inside he's ubiquitous he's everywhere so he lives inside of you and I and so we got to learn how to tap in and press in and build our faith confidence every day and we even write down some things that God has done for us. So when it is time to share our faith, we've got some things we can tell people. Just like it is when you ate at a restaurant, the owner didn't tell you to share. Your experience at the restaurant didn't tell you to share the ambiance, didn't tell you to share how good the food was. You left with an experience, an undeniable experience, that this food was good. And you can just rattle off the menu. You can rattle off how each appetizer hits your palate, how great the dessert was, the drinks, how fast the waitresses was, the waiter, the mater d', all of the things. The music was spot on. The people were having fun. And we can just rattle that off. But when it comes to the things of God, the enemy has planted some things in our heart that tells us, as I said in my opening, that we're just not good enough to do it that we're afraid to do it, that we're not a Bible theologian, that we didn't go to seminary school or Bible college. And I'm telling you, you just need an eyewitness. If God has done something for you, you can't tell me somebody else doesn't want to know the same. For whatever it is that you're going through, when you come out of it and get a testimony and a victory that what God has done in your life, somebody is waiting to hear your testimony. And this is really how you can begin to share your faith. And so we don't need to make these things hard. We don't need to make these things difficult. One of the things in my reading and research, I found that in 1993, 89% of Christians who had shared their faith agreed this is a responsibility of every Christian. But today, just 64% say so, a 25% drop. So from 1993 to today, The content and approaches of faith conversations have also changed. Given the popularity of evangelism programs or strategies in decades past, researchers were surprised that Christians today who have talked about their faith are more likely those in 1993 to say they use the same basic entryways and content each time they engage in a conversation about faith. The numbers are 44% versus 33%. The most common approaches, a majority says, are asking questions about other people's beliefs and experiences, about 70%, and sharing their faith in a way they live rather by speaking about it, 65%. These were common among Christians in 1993 as well. But a majority of Christians 25 years ago also reported evangelizing or emphasizing the beneficial aspects of accepting Jesus. They believe that about 78 percent. A strategy that today is less than common, 50 percent. Also less now popular in quoting passages from the Bible 59% in 1993 versus 37% today. Wow. In addition, most conversations today, about 61%, as in 1993, 75% happened unexpectedly. Yet compared to 25 years ago, Christians today are more likely to say they are proactive about looking for or trying to create faith-sharing opportunities with non-Christians, 19% versus 11% in 1993. So Christians today, more than 25 years ago, perceived social barriers to sharing their faith. They are more likely to agree that sharing faith or sharing what they believe is only effective when they already have a relationship with other people. 47% versus 37% in 1993. And to admit they would avoid a spiritual conversation if they knew their non-Christian friend would reject them. 44% versus 33%. They are also more likely than Christians in 1993 to say they are unsure whether most non-Christians have no interest in hearing about Jesus. Here's the numbers, 28% versus 5%. So we can see some differences here from 93 up until now when these studies were done. But I would say to you that we should be getting better right? Not worse. We should be more stronger now, not weaker. As the longer we are in church and hearing the message of Christ, especially with the ways and means that we can study. And, you know, when I'm thinking about 93. I graduated in 91. I know I'm telling my age today. You know, when I was doing papers in school, in college, writing papers, you know, there was no internet. No, there was no internet. So we couldn't Google anything. We had to get a dictionary. We had to get a thesaurus. We had to, you know, really get out there and grind to get the information. And, you know, I didn't have a computer, so we had to go to a computer lab. So you got 30, 40, 50, 60 kids in a computer lab in one room, and we had multiple computer labs on the college campus, and everybody was typing papers. But today, with the way that you can just get information And I mean, you can just type one word in your phone and you can just get all kind of things. It seems like back then you had to grind harder. You had to work harder. So maybe the toughness and the tenacity of believers were more stronger then than they are now. Because maybe things are just coming to this generation easy. And when things come to us easy, we have no need to Go the extra mile. In other words, when you can just sit at home and Uber your food to your house and, you know, call the grocery store and they can deliver your food to your house, you just, it takes you away from normal conversation. And I don't think we really understand that dynamic, that as convenient as the world is, That's one of the reasons why we have issues with communicating effectively, because we don't have to look people in the face. We don't have to see them or talk to them. We can just type a message and say what we want and we can get whatever we want sitting right at our homes, never having to face people face to face. And I would say to you that that's an issue. That's a problem. We've got to learn how to get back out in the neighborhood, in the community, and touch people, and speak to people. This is how the gospel of Jesus Christ was delivered to you. This is how it was delivered back in the Bible days. You know, when we read about the Bible characters, you know, when we read about Peter and Paul and and see how they went from this place to that place. This was not a convenient road that they traveled. They had to go through trials and tribulations and sacrifices to get this gospel to those in that day. Which, you know, now in the day, even when I received Christ, it was the same kind of situation. You know, someone knocked on your door and told you about Jesus because they were excited and happy. But they had a power on the inside. They had an anointing on their life. They were convinced that this is right. But today, again, because things are so easy to us, the moment we hit a little small pot of rejection, the moment somebody challenges us or says they don't want to hear us or they don't want us to come back to their house again, and you know you were led to that home or that person, why are we so easy to quit? I would say to you, we've got to toughen up. Yes, technology is good. Digital technology is good. You know, the internet has this good and different things of that nature. But I want you to know we should be getting stronger in our faith. We should be more confident in the things that we know that God has done for us. I want to tell you, if you don't share your faith with someone in your neighborhood, who's going to do it? Because everybody is busy. Everybody has something to do. But I want you to know, what if that were the case with your soul on the line? What if that was the case with someone saying, I was too busy to knock on your door? I was too busy to share my faith with you at a coffee shop. Maybe you wouldn't be saved today. So we have to remember what someone else did for us and say, hey, I'm going to go the extra mile and present this gospel with what I have, with what I know God has done for me. It is enough to share my faith and to see somebody saved because you know why? It's God and us doing the work. We're not doing it. He's working through us. So let's get rid of all the excuses. Let's deal with our fear. Let's deal with our communication skills. The Lord didn't say you had to be an expert in communications to be able to share your faith. You don't need to be able to articulate or enunciate or pronounce every word correctly for people to hear what you got to say. Somebody told me a long time ago, what comes from the heart reaches the heart. When something is in your heart and people can recognize that, they'll give you 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. They'll talk to you. Why? Because people are struggling. People want to find a solution to their problems. And here you are calling yourself a little Christian. No, you're big in God. You're greater than what you think you are. So let's stop seeing ourselves as grasshoppers and seeing ourselves as giants and know that the anointing and the power and the grace that's on us, somebody out there that God is directing us to is going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and accept the message of faith and give their heart to the Lord. And so we've got to be convinced of these things. Now, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 it says, "Let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not." I want you to get that. You will reap if you faint not. If you stay with it, you will get what you want. You will see people come to the Lord. Yes, it's going to be a grind. Yes, people are going to say no to you. Yes, rejection is going to come. But again, let us not grow weary in doing well. You're doing well. Don't grow weary. Stay with it. You will reap. Verse 10 says, and we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, especially especially unto them who are in the household of faith. So this is when I say I'm sharing faith and I'm helping people. When I'm sharing faith and helping people, I'm looking for what? An opportunity to do good to them. Now, you know, like I know that news is disseminated differently than what it was 30 years ago. We had to wait to get the news, 6 o'clock, world news. You just had to wait. So we were not burdened down with a lot of stresses that people are stressed with today. I'm going to tell you, your number one stress is that cell phone you got in your hand. Because it's dinging and it's notifying you of stuff that ain't even your business. And so we've got to learn how to just disconnect every now and again. I know people are on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram, but a lot of that stuff, you know, it's just people cloud chasing. It's just people trying to talk about a life that they really don't have, you know. So we've got to realize, cut down our usage of information getting to us. That will rob us of our faith, rob us of our strength and our ability to effectively share the message of faith. You would you would be surprised of the fear that we have inside of us is something we keep watching on YouTube or something we keep seeing. On Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you were fine until you got a you saw a Twitter post. You were great. You were having a wonderful day until you seen a post on Facebook, Instagram. So when you know that your emotions are changing after you just watched something, looked at a post, you already know what you need to do. You need to be more disciplined, a disciple, a follower of Christ, and not allow this stuff to get inside of you and mess you up. We've got to remember these things, and we've got to harness our spirit in such a way that what God has placed inside of me, somebody needs right now. They're looking for it right now. I've got to put myself in a better situation so that I'm ready to share the message of Christ at any point whenever that I'm called upon. Now, here's a few points on what I believe can help you. And I want to give you three of them. Number one, as it relates to sharing faith and helping people go deep, not wide. Here's what I mean by that. If you have a passion for single moms with kids because they have no support, find you one single mom and go deep with that one. When I say go deep, stay in that relationship and allow that relationship to cultivate since you have a passion for single moms with kids that are struggling. Watch this. Going wide means you give 10 single moms $5 a piece. But deep says, I want to get to know that person. So we've got to be willing to say, you know what, I can't help everybody but I'm going to help somebody. And so I want to make sure that my time is being well spent with a particular person to whom I'm connected with. Because again, God is not asking you to save the world. So a lot of times, you know, we just want to pull out our wallet and just say, "Hey, man, I helped 10 moms. I gave them $5." But The way you really can help somebody is get into a relationship with them. Maybe your thing is not single moms. Maybe you don't have a passion for single moms. Maybe it's single dads. Maybe it's uh, widows. Or or maybe it's uh, children that are in gangs or or in the hood or, or whatever the case may be. But whatever it is, I'm saying to you in sharing your faith and building relationships and different things of that nature, we got to go deeper in a relationship, not wider. We've got to go deeper. So ask the Holy Spirit, who is it that you can go deep with in terms of where your passions lie? Do you know what causes your heart to beat for people that are struggling? people that are going through different things. When you know that you can point yourself in that direction where your heart is bleeding for a particular group of people, and that is how your evangelism and sharing your faith can get more sharper and more fine-tuned. A lot of times we're just going to people to whom we have no passion for. So when you know who you're passionate for, that's where you can begin to share your faith and you can begin to help them. Right now, I believe I'm really helping somebody to get over your fear. So don't get in a situation where you're trying to help everybody. You're not called to help everybody, but that you have a burning on the inside. What angers you, frustrates you about people that are treated badly, people that are maligned, people that need help, and God has put that in your heart. That's where your evangelism is. That's where you can share and help people and share your faith. Again, we make this harder than what it needs to be. So I want you to revisit this. Go deep, not wide. Number two, go long term instead of short term. We're in this for the long haul. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. So when you find that one person or that couple or that teenager or that kid, say to yourself, I'm going long term with them, not short term. I want them to know that I'm going to stand by them. I'm going to be with them. Is that not like what God is about? He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so when we have the spirit of Christ inside of us, he gives us the power and the strength to endure. This is why you need to be led when you're helping people. Again, you can't help everybody. God is not asking you to help everybody. So we've got to be led in this, but we've got to go long-term instead of short-term because long-term says relationships and discipleship is important to me, right? That's what's important. Relationships and discipleship and disciples have to be made. And that's not a short-term process. That's a long-term process. So let's stay in this for the long haul. My final point, point number three, giving your time, not just money. I'm going to say that again. Giving your time, not just money. It's like the example I gave. You know, you took out $10 and you gave it to 10 people. You took out $20 and you gave it to 20 people. So you've done your deed for today. That's not good enough. We can't throw money at situations. I would say to you, I'm where I am in my walk with God because I got a relationship with him. He gave me his time. He didn't say he was too busy. He gave me his time. He, he, he listens to me. He wants to know what's going on in my life. He wants to know what's going on in my cares and different things. And yes, God knows everything. But can I say this to you? God knows everything. He still tells us to talk to him, to ask him for things. We need wisdom. He knows we need it. But what did he say? He said, you got to ask for it. So when we spend time with people, we're telling them that they matter. I can tell you right now, most people are struggling because they just don't have anybody that will give them their time. They got things on their heart. But everybody is so busy in this fast-paced world. And most of these folks are Christians. We're so busy. But are we productive? Busy is not the same as being productive. See, when we're producing, we're producing disciples after the spirit of Christ. So we've got to look at this again. So give your time, not just money. We throw again money at Everything, but that doesn't mean we're helping anyone. Invest your time, your talent into a child, a teenager, a married couple, whoever it is that you have a passion for, take some time and do that. And again, one of the things that I think will happen for you, you will become better at communication, you will become better at discerning situations. You don't become better if you don't put no time in. You have to put time into anything that you are trying to do. So that will cause somebody to say, you know what? I know God loves me because I know they do. I hope you caught that. I know God loves me because the person in my life, I can see the love of God in them. How can we know that God truly loves us unless the people of God really give their time and say, hey, I want to support you. I want to pray with you. We're going to get through this sickness, the disease that's happening in your life. Maybe you go to a, a God is leading you to go to a, a person that's in a troubled marriage and you got a great marriage. You can sow your time with that married couple that's going through. You know, maybe you got a situation where, you know, you're called to wayward teens and and you got teenagers in your home who are really doing well. You can connect a bond there so that other teenager who's going through bad things, they can look at your teens and say, it's possible to be a teenager and live for Christ. We're so busy saying we're not enough. We don't have enough, but God has placed more than enough on the inside of you to get the job done. So let's not talk about what we don't have. Let's talk about what we do have and know that I can't do for everybody, but I can do for somebody. And if we all would do this, can you imagine what kind of world we'll have? Can you imagine the things that can change? Things don't change because we're too busy praying to God about it. And he's saying, I've sent you here on the planet so that you can solve it. God says, I put my spirit inside of you. Why did I do that? Was it a waste of time? Should I have not put my spirit inside of you? If you just going to kick your feet up, if you just going to murmur and complain, or are you going to do something with the spirit of God that I've placed inside of you. I'm learning. You've got to learn. Share your faith and help somebody. Huh? That's what it's all about. At the end of the day, I want to be able to say, I shared my faith and I helped someone that God has led me to hell. All right, well, that's all that I wanted to share with you. I pray that this episode blessed you. It blessed me while I was giving it to you. Just reaffirm some things in my heart and in my life that I need to continue to do and even do more of it. Our life is not our own. We were bought with a price. So allow the Spirit of God to work through you. Again, if you were blessed, send me an email. Let me know. I want to hear from you. You can drop me a line at info at thomasadeloach.com. I do have a website. You can go there at any time at thomasadeloach.com. Right there on the homepage, there is a subscriber box. Put your email in there And I want to send you something that will empower your faith and I can get you on my emailing list. So anything that I send out, you will be the first to get it. Also, I'm looking for partners, financial partners. If these episodes are blessing you and you believe that you're one of the ones to be called to help me financially, I want you to drop me A dollar amount of any size doesn't matter. No dollar amount is too big or too small. You can scroll all the way down to the bottom of the homepage and you can see where you can give. These shows do cost, but if they're blessing you, the operative word is if they're blessing you and you want to partner with me so more people can be empowered like you are being empowered. I want you to do that today. All right. Get out there. Share your faith and help somebody. I'm going to say that again. Get out there today, man. Share your faith with the people group that you are passionate about. I promise you, it's nothing like being able to share your faith and to see a smile and to see life re-enter that person and to help them and walk with them. It is a rewarding experience. I promise you, it is. All right, that's all for now. And until next time be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show To Empower You. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer request, or show ideas to info at and follow me on Instagram at thomasadeloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be Be empowered. empowered.